Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I'm your host, Dapper Data. Today, is going to be completely different from what we've done in the past, okay? We have our novice, we have our advanced uh, listeners on the podcast. Now, uh, we, we talked about supervised learning, we talked about AI, we talked about machine learning, we talked about all this good goodness, right? We talked about uh, why data science is important to the industries. We've talked to uh, people who are doctors, pharmacists, uh, you name it, right? Just to, just to explain to them that that data science and data is important and it's important in every career, but we've never talked about data and related to the climate, right? And so that's something totally different. And that's something that we're gonna talk about today. You know, data science has a key role to play in climate change, you know? And I brought a special guest on, as you know, I always like to bring a special guest on. So from machine learning to data visualization, data science techniques, are used to study the effects of climate change on marine biology, food systems, patterns, you know, whatever it is, born diseases, you know, other climate related uh, things. And so I brought a special guest on, his name is Gopal, and Gopal is, has served as CTO and head of product and SUS Global, a venture focused on geospatial uh, analytics for climate adaption. And most recently, he led the analytics engineering team at Planet Labs. So, Gopal, tell, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you, Bobby. Great to be here. Delighted to be uh, talking to you all. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm Gopal. I head up the tech and product functions at SAS Global. Uh, I'm an electrical engineer turned geodata scientist. Uh, spent the early years of my career in multimedia and computer vision applications in the multimedia space. And then around uh, five plus years ago, got really interested in uh, environmental data sets and fascinated by the impacts that the climate has on our livelihoods and uh, human activity. And started studying that more. And through a serendipitous sequence of events, ended up leading the analytics and insights team at Planet Labs, where we were looking at uh, terabyte scale uh, data sets uh, on Earth observation, multispectral. Uh, a daily revisit uh, across the entire lands of the earth and saw this need for translating that rich data into actionable insights into a range of different uh, verticals where people can really make sense out of earth observation data. and i got really caught with the climate bug maybe like five years ago around that time and uh, i was just seeing that earth observation can be a real uh, dimension of uh, data uh, around the changing climate because of the historic record of observations and uh, uh, the unique opportunities of bringing together climate modeling and earth observation derived environmental sensing. And that's kind of led what's led to SUS Global where we are enabling uh, the frontier climate modeling capability uh, to be accessible and actionable to players within the financial ecosystem who are not climate data scientists. So that transformation and that gap is kind of what we're trying to fill. So uh, yeah, that's what my team focuses on. 
Man, no, no, so, and, and that's that's awesome. You know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. You know, when I when I did some research on Sus, right? You know, a couple of things that came to mind, or that actually stood out. If you go on the front page, you know, uh, you you're looking at uh, being able to solve some of those risks, right? That that there that there are, in when it comes down to climate analytics, you know, um, and being able to transform climate complexity into business intelligence. So we talk about those things, you know, uh, what, what are some of the risks that kind of come to mind when you're thinking about climate analytics? Yeah, so, you know, when people talk about climate data and analytics, uh, it's kind of a broad, broad swat at this point. Uh, but the most relevant one to almost everyone on this podcast is uh, physical risk. So think about your, uh, yourself, uh, your community, uh, your friends and family, and the impacts they've had over the last few years collectively uh, from some acute or chronic hazard. On the acute side, it's fires, floods, cyclones. Uh, on the chronic side, it is uh, uh, drought, water stress, sea level rise, heat waves. And you'll you, you quickly realize over the last 10 years, we've all been affected in some form uh, in our neighborhoods by this. So what we um, what we are focused on is the enablement of players within the financial services ecosystem and in the environmental, social, and governance advisory space to be able to quickly analyze the risk from a multitude of different physical hazards from the changing climate uh, at their asset locations. So the thing about climate is many of the times people talk about uh, it being a global phenomenon, which it is. And they talk about warming, which which is central. But the real impacts of that is what does the environment do to us uh, through the changing climate. And that manifestation are these acute and chronic hazards. So we enable an assessment of that uh, across uh, a few different climate scenarios, uh, across a few different operating conditions uh, at scale. Yeah, yeah. So, so that and that's that's awesome, Gopal. I, pre, I appreciate you breaking that down for us. Now, uh, does that mean that we need like sensors in different locations and stuff? You know, are you all planting sensors in different locations to be able to capture the climate uh, change? We are largely focused on the data transformation. So there is a huge collection of sensors that enable environmental sensing. Some of them are in space, some of them are on ground. So we tap into all those different data streams and uh, connect them with global and regional climate models that provide uh, oh, man. all a huge time range of uh, projections all the way from like hours uh, in the future to uh, years and decades in the future. So that's the kind of projection capability that we provide. You know, that's that's pretty awesome because I always thought, I, so I'm going through my PhD, right, in data science right now. And the first thing I tried to do was say, look, for my dissertation, this was like when I first got into school, right? You know, you got your four years worth of like a PhD or something. And the first time I got to school, I thought, I want to predict floods, you know, <laughs> I want to predict something so chaotic, right? You know, how can you predict floods, right? And I was like, oh, there must be sensors there and this and that. There must be like moisture. You got to look at, you know, different like moisture in, in different places and stuff. And I, I say, you know what? They should put sensors on cars, right? You know, like that's the most traffic around different places, you know. But I know there's more that go that goes into it, you know, than just that. Um, and 
And and I think when I think about, you know, climate, I think about all those different things, right? You know, you all are basically helping save the world, right? <laughs> you know, that, that's the way I look at it. You know, when you think about taking the analytics from uh, uh, different sensors and things like that, you know, that's related to climate change and, and you know, understanding the impact of how climate change uh, or, or understanding the impact of how the climate actually uh, 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 helps you or not even helps you, but but understanding how it actually impacts you throughout your life, right? You know, no matter the age, no matter the no matter the uh, the, the the gender, you know, it doesn't matter. Like climate is always impacting in multiple ways that we don't even know, you know. And so you're collecting all this data from different locations, and it's amazing to me that you know you all are are really emphasizing and focusing in on something like that, you know. Um, so. So I wanted to really dive a little bit deeper, right? Like you have a background in being able to, to uh, not just for this, for SUS, right? You know, being able to understand how an analytic an analytics engineering team is supposed to really look, you know, how it's supposed to, you know, run operationally, right? You know, the vision of where from beginning to end and, and how it's supposed to start and finish. So how, what does that look like? What does an engine and like building a successful engineering team actually look like, right? We have a need for data engineers. Do you need data engineers in there? Do you need data scientists? Uh, do you need a chief data officer to lead the team? I don't know, right? You know, because I've only been probably the person that is a part of a team of analytics, you know, group, right? But what does it take to build that team out? Yeah. Yeah, great question, Bobby. And uh, it's uh, it's definitely something I've spent a fair bit of time thinking through and like implementing over the last several years. I feel uh, being effective at analytics requires being very knowledgeable and very well informed about not just the data product that you have, but also how it interfaces with other data products. And uh, that's that's kind of like the inherent baseline capability. So I see good analytics engineering teams being working very closely with the product management function. When we founded SAST, you know, I deliberately took on the portfolios of product and uh, technology, primarily because for a data product capability, those two need to work hand in hand and in tandem. Uh, I would add to that in terms of the engineering capabilities, when you're kind of blending across research, infrastructure and solutions, so you kind of need all those three dimensions to your team. So you need the data science capability, which is exploring models, exploring data sets, exploring potential new product features and outcomes, and prototyping them. You need data engineering and infrastructure to stand up those capabilities at scale. And you need, uh, I would say, kind of application development towards having the front-facing, customer-facing views into that capability. So. You know, analytics are only as good as the users that they support and the usage that they drive. So it needs to span from conceptualization all the way to realization and usage. So those are the three functions that I feel are central, which are going back modeling, secondly, infrastructure, and third, that being uh, uh, application development. Yeah, no, that, that, that's awesome, you know, and from, high tech roles, the business facing experts, you know, you have to start somewhere, right? You know, data analytics have become 
a key part of that business success, you know, and, and what you're doing, you know, is being able to build it from beginning to end, which is amazing. Um, and it, it probably takes a lot of exposure, a lot of experience, you know, and I feel like sometimes there's titles that are thrown out there, right? You know, is the data engineer, is that, is that data engineer really, really important and, and, and eccentric to the role of building the analytics team, you know? Do you see, uh, what, what would you say the most important role is to building that actual team? I would say the most important role there uh, is, um, is driving the synergies. So I feel it comes down to recruiting and hiring. It's normally a function of uh, mm. uh, the leadership and the team and also the product management function, which is inspiring the why across the organization on the product and the data and the uh, technical capabilities that the engineering team is building. So I would say that's a very critical function. Uh, and I think it comes down to how do you bring in enough uh, diversity? And by diversity, I mean thought diversity and background diversity into the organization so that effectively you drive synergies. Uh, across backgrounds, across data dimensions, across technical capabilities, and uh, uh, then you have a more holistic team. Hey, no, no, no. That's um, I think that that's something that a lot of our listeners need to understand. Uh, uh, that synergy portion, right? Somebody that's sitting there in that role that understands probably multiple roles, right? to be able to maybe at a high level, you don't have to dive deep into understanding data scientist and analyst, engineer, you know, whatever it is, but being able to understand multiple roles, you know. So what what would you say some of the, of the top use cases are when it comes down to data analytics and where and when we're discussing climate, right? You know, I I've done a little bit of research on it and you know I hear things like forest degradation. Uh, uh, predicting extreme uh, precipitation, right? You know, flood predictions, you know, what are some of the top use cases that you see right now when it comes down to, to climate and data analytics? Yeah, so when it comes to climate, we're starting with like a very broad uh, canvas here. You know, when people talk of data and climate, uh, there are a few different um, aspects to consider. There is the uh, the physical dimension, which is the physical risk, and that's what we are largely focused on, uh, which is understanding at a specific uh, geographic footprint, what's the exposure to different kinds of hazards and uh, uh, risks. Uh, there's the social element, which is the land use element, the population element, uh, and how they're affected by climate, which connects into climate migration in an interesting way. There's data on carbon, which is you know, carbon credits, which is MRB or monitoring, reporting, and verification of credits, uh, and info on emissions. I would call that more carbon data. And then there is the economic elements, which is what are the physical, um, physical, the 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 economic impacts from physical um, or economic losses from physical events, uh, mm -hmm. the economic impacts to commodities based on physical events across the supply chain. Uh, what's the economic impact of credits uh, over the course of time and what does that that ecosystem look like so there's data in each one of them so going back to what you asked originally when it comes to data and analytics maybe on the physical risk side you see two dominant use cases so one of them is 
I already have some infrastructure. I already have a group of properties I either own or operate in. Uh, where is the concentration of climate change induced hazard uh, exposure? Mm-hmm. Where is the, uh, where's the vulnerability and what's the modality there? And uh, uh, what's the distribution of risk across my assets for diversification? So that's more like the reporting oriented use case. Uh, we also see the use case around uh, planning, which is site selection. So if a city is trying to plan multiple routes for transportation uh, between uh, two districts or between two, uh, two uh, facilities, then how do they define the route or the sites? And that site selection use case is a front runner, which is you're trying to understand what is the forward looking impact that you're expecting to see from the changing climate and how do you plan around that or adapt or put preventative or adaptive measures uh, towards making uh, those climate aware and uh, um, mitigating forward-looking climate risks. So that's the way I would look at it. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. I'm sure that a lot of the audience really, um, really adapts to that because I did get a few of them that are saying, hey, look, you know, what about geospatial data, right? You know, what about, um, that's more the advanced folks, right? They're like, oh man, you know, I care about the geospatial data. Uh, I care about, you know, regional data. Do you see anybody really talking about identifying climate vulnerability regions, you know, at all? Yeah, yeah. So we are actually surfacing that. Uh, We have a bunch of upcoming collateral and a refresh to our website, which will have a fair bit of that information. Uh, and we're seeing a few nonprofits like the World Wildlife Fund, the World uh, Resources Institute, uh, the Nature Conservancy, all trying to provide different kinds of views into aspects of biodiversity, wildlife, uh, critical minerals and resources, as well as uh, nature-driven habitats and nature-based solutions in the space. Nice, nice, nice. Well, look, hey. Well, Paul, I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, you know, it's it's been an amazing experience. I think that we should probably do this multiple times. I have a board meeting coming up where I want to I want to have some of the top uh, uh, people that are focusing on data analytics. They're focusing on um, how it's impacting the world, making a difference in the world. I want to make sure that. That, that 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 you're on that board right you know i want to make sure that the company is on that board i want to make sure that uh we're we're, we're speaking about things that are changing the world so you know uh, i thank you for being on the podcast now i i like to end with what i call a dope nugget or gem at the end of the day and and what i've learned today uh is that you know climate I mean, you know when we talk about related physical risks like you know the floods the cyclones things like that you know he's based heat base, et cetera, you know, that that's an important aspect. And that is a difference maker right there. You know, a lot of people who are focusing on climate change, they are focusing on those aspects where they're focusing on collecting data, they're focusing on those aspects. And also, you know, tying the role to the products, right? The product manager, right? I think that's very important from my aspect, you know, being able to look at data analytics and tying that role to the product is important, you know, and, and so uh, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? Oh, uh, I am uh, super glad we had this conversation. And, uh, you know, there's a lot. This is the golden age of geospatial data. 
So folks who are interested in that, you know, I think there are definitely some resources. Feel free to reach out to me uh, or ping me. LinkedIn is the best way to find me. And Bobby's going to include that in the show notes and the collateral. Uh, I'm also writing up some upcoming blogs related to climate data and climate related insights that you'll all find very interesting if you find, find this podcast interesting. So feel free to follow me there. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you again, Bobby, for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's get into this overrated, underrated game. Okay. Everybody knows that I got this game from, uh, some, from, from, from Mark V. I really appreciate him. Motivational speaker, you know, and, and, uh, Gary V actually, sorry about that, you know, and, and I like to play this game called overrated, underrated, overrated, underrated. I asked the guests, what do they think a topic is overrated, underrated, right where it needs to be. And then they get to choose whether it is that or right, right where it needs to be, right? All right. So, are you ready? Yeah. Let's All see. right. Coding. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. Okay. Okay. All right. I agree. I agree completely. Pop tarts. <laughs> uh, overrated. Overrated. <laughs> Not even the strawberry. I like strawberry ones, man. <laughs> um, soda. Soda, I would say the same. Overrated. Overrated? Okay, okay. Playgrounds. Playgrounds, underrated. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Social media. Social media, overrated. Overrated? <laughs> the printer. The printer. Um, that's a great one. I feel like I'm kind of uh, stuck. Uh, I feel like it is. Uh, is it right where it needs to be? It's right where it needs to be, yeah. Okay, okay. Amazon, the shopping. Amazon, right where it needs to be. Okay, okay. T. T? Yep. Yeah, uh, T, probably underrated. Underrated, all right, okay. And last one, American football. American football, yeah, underrated. It's so much fun. Underrated. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, well, look, you know, I thank you, Gopal. I appreciate you being on the uh, the, the Data is My Son podcast audience as you know i like to look i love to bring these special guests on if you need to reach out to go power definitely we're going to talk about where you can reach them at thank you audience for listening to the data is my science podcast the show that makes data your passion i'm your host dapper data where can they reach you at go yeah linkedin is the best way to find me um kindly bobby if you don't mind send over the link to the definitely the, will and definitely audience. will yeah is there is there anything that you're promoting right now? Any conference or any book or anything like that that you want them to or just check out the website? Yeah, check out the SAS Global website. Feel free to reach out, and I have a few blogs coming up that if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll know about shortly. Definitely, definitely. Audience, as you know, you can reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of my social media podcasts, well, podcasts and social media platforms. I really appreciate y'all turning tuning in. Thank you again, Gopal. I appreciate you uh, joining the podcast. Thank you, audience. Love you. Peace.
Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data.